You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, sitting today alongside our friend Will Raggetts from SI.com. If you like what we're saying, please make sure to follow this podcast. We're anywhere you get your podcasts at this point. Apple, Spotify, we recently just got onto Google Podcasts. Uh, if you like what you're saying, hit the follow button. Uh, join us for this ride. The Vikings are 5-1 and one and look like a contender in the NFC at some against all odds, kind of. Uh, well, let's dig into that. They're 5-1. and one. Every single time I watch this team on, on a Sunday, I walk away saying, well, they can't just keep winning if they keep playing like that. And and they do. They continuously keep winning. And you mentioned in the last segment about winning on the margins. Kevin O'Connell's talked about winning on the margins. They're doing that. They're, they are winning on the margins. At some point, the margins are going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And you're going to play better teams. And, and the ways you've won in the past are not going to work. But right now, the Vikings are 5-1. and one. I want to talk about the NFC North. The, the, the Vikings should just, they should win the NFC North at this point, right? That should be their goal. And, and if they don't, frankly, that that's a failure, right? Like the, the Green Bay is a disaster. Chicago, I know they beat the, the New England last night, but they're not to be taken seriously. And, and, and Detroit, they tricked us with hard knocks. They stink. So what's your kind of pathway at this point with the Vikings being five and one, sitting two and a half games up on the Packers, essentially three games with the tiebreaker? Uh, you know, how do you digest where the NFC North is going in, in, in kind of where the Vikings fit into that. Yeah. So I completely agree that anything short of winning the NFC North would be kind of a, a major collapse at this point. Like mm-hmm. the Vikings have, I think it's technically a two and a half game lead, but when you have a head to head tiebreaker over both the Packers and the bears functionally a three game lead with, mm-hmm. they have 11 games left Packers and bears have 10 left. Like, if you even go six and five the rest of the way, if you're the Vikings, that forces the Packers or Bears to go like eight and two. I, I don't, I'm not doing the math off the top of my head, but I think I think that would be right, eight and two or nine and one or something like that. So like that is, the, the first part of the season, the first third of the season is really important because then it becomes hard to come back. And I I will warn, and I think a lot of jaded Vikings fans out there don't really need to be warned. Like don't bury the Packers just yet. Uh, They still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have a coach in Matt LaFleur who was like 44 and 12 or something. That's not the actual Mm -hmm. number, but some ridiculous record through his first three seasons. Um, But I mean, yeah, you're right. I watched that whole Packers commanders game on Sunday and it's Aaron Rodgers against Taylor Heineke. And like you couldn't, if you just had somebody watch that game for the first time who had never watched football before, they might have a hard time guessing who the back-to-back MVP was. I, I'm just saying, like, Rodgers didn't look good. And it's not entirely his fault. Like, David Bakhtiari's out. They reshuffled the offensive line. They don't have any wide receivers. That's just kind of the the ongoing issue there is, like, their wide receiver one is Alan Lazard, who's fine. But, yeah, it's it's a mess of a division so the Vikings should just kind of be able to cruise to winning it based on their remaining schedule and how they've played so far, even if they don't really pick it up. But as I'm sure we'll get to, they are going to need to play better 
if they're going to continue winning games. Like, I don't know how much of what we've seen so far is super sustainable. Yeah, I think it's a good point about Aaron Rodgers. Like, you're right. If, like, an alien got dropped down from a spaceship on Earth and had never seen the game of football before but understood the rules, which is... And the, the, and you had to, like, unreal... communicate with us in English right. and all that, yeah. Which is just an unrealistic hypothetical. But if if someone, like you said, who had never watched the game of football but understands what's going on, like, you might have thought Taylor Heineke was better this weekend. And, and that's crazy to say because, like, Taylor Heineke is a good backup quarterback, but he is a backup quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers is arguably, you know, inarguably like a top three quarterback of his generation. So it's like, I watch him this year and I just keep thinking like, sometimes guys get old and like, they just get old fast. And when it happens, it happens really fast. And while I agree with you, it's happening with, with Tom Brady too. Exactly. I think we get spoiled with like the Tom Brady's and, you know, LeBron James and the NBA to a degree, like guys aren't supposed to play till they're 45 till they're 40 and be just like these superhuman freaks who are still like the best of the best at their game. Like Aaron Rodgers is pushing 40. Like it it makes sense that there's going to be a drop off at some point, but I do agree with you. Like, you know, like he's still Aaron Rodgers. Like you can't totally write him off because it's still like if, if he has a good month and you're like, okay, he's back. But like everything that our eyes are telling us, and I think sometimes it's okay to believe what we're seeing is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have it anymore. He, he doesn't have the ability to kind of overcome the weaknesses around him, which I think is something that, that made him so special for so long is like a lot of people talk about how the, how the Packers like develop well and are such a good in organization with like drafting and developing and, and, like that's true. They are, but like a lot of it is because they've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback for the past 25 years. So like if your quarterback's good, like your, your, your team is going to be good too. Um, Aaron Rodgers is getting old. And I think maybe there's a chance that, that this whole thing that he's been able to overcome for the last 15 years in the NFL, like is starting to phase out. And, and then that's a good thing for the Vikings. Um, so I, I'll, I will be interested to see how the, the Packers kind of respond uh, but they lost three in a row. Like they just look like a disaster in, in, in every facet of the game to me. Um, and, and the bears and the lions, like, I just don't think we have to take them seriously. So the NFC North is wide open to me. Yeah. The bears looked pretty kind of, I don't know, frisky against uh, they they scored a, a surprising number <laughs> of did. points for yeah. them against the Patriots uh, on Monday night football, <clears throat> 30, 33 of them against a bill Belichick defense. But I, I think that was an encouraging performance for Justin Fields, but yeah, they're not going to be in the, in the title, uh, the division title mix this year. The Packers, I mean, it's tough to envision a path to them suddenly getting, getting hot. Like when you lose to the giants, the jets and the commanders, and I know the giants and jets have won a, like they're both on four game winning streaks, but I'm still not sure how much I completely buy either of those teams. Uh-huh. Now this week, they go to the bills on Sunday night football who are just, in my mind, like no disrespect to the the Chiefs or Eagles. The Bills, are, I think, are the best team in football. Um, Josh Allen's an alien. The defense is awesome, led by Leslie Frazier. Like, it, it would be pretty, pretty shocking based on what we've seen so far this season if the Packers were to win that game or even, like, be in it at the very end. Just, and I, I think I saw, like, the Bills are, like, 11-point favorites or something, which is the 
the biggest underdog Aaron Rodgers has ever been in his career. So yep. based on what we've seen, it wouldn't be shocking, but part of you still feels like Aaron Rodgers could maybe find something and step up to that moment and kind of do his part in a shootout with Josh Allen. Like I, I don't expect that, but crazier things have happened. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's a situation where the Vikings beat the Cardinals on Sunday at noon and the Packers lose to the bills as expected. The Vikings could, I mean, all but have this thing sort of wrapped up before Halloween. Like I, that, that feels crazy to say, but a four, a three and a half game lead and a tiebreaker would be quite a bit uh, of uh, of an advantage over the Packers there. Yeah. I, I think it's funny. Cause like, it's just like living in Minnesota. Like you're from here. I've been here for like 12 years, but like, Aaron Rodgers just has some sort of like vice grip on, on the psyche of Minnesotans everywhere. Like he has been awful this year and I'm with you. Like, it's like, well, he's probably going to figure it out at some point. Like, it's just like, you just kind of have to assume the worst at that point. But like, yeah, the, the, the they play the bills. I think you could chalk that up to the loss. They also have the Cowboys and Eagles remaining on their schedule. Like I wouldn't feel great about that. If, if you're a Packers fan. So there, there's a lot of, things working in the Vikings favor, not to mention their schedule, like the Vikings schedule the rest of the way on paper, pretty soft. Like I know like the game against the jets, like the jets are five and two. I still like think the Vikings on paper are a better team. Even the lions like are, you know, like they're, they're like someone who you thought was going to be good. Like that's like a free win now. Like I, I think in Detroit, things like that, like the, you know, the New York giants, like that's, six and one but like the vikings at home like there, there are so many games on the schedule that i think you look at games that were maybe toss-ups before and maybe they are still but like the vikings are five and one too i think they deserve credit for that how do you kind of look at the rest of the nfc then because i mentioned the giants you mentioned the eagles and you know how they're kind of second fiddle to the buffalo bills but still an undefeated team like you know the top of the top i'm looking at the nfc and like to me the eagles are the only team that is like in a tier of their own and and the vikings are kind of in that second tier with all these teams like are they good are they not i'm not sure the vikings are good and i'm not sure it really matters at this point because they could realistically kind of fight scratch and claw their way to the two seat like that is not like an unrealistic thing looking at how the Vikings have played, how they finished games, and their schedule that's remaining. Yeah, I tweeted on Sunday, um, I, I think it was probably just while watching the Packers and like following some other games. I was like, I don't know. I'm still not sure if any team in the NFC other than the Eagles is good. And a lot of Vikings fans, which I kind of knew would happen, like got a little defensive in my mentions. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe they have a point. I think the Vikings probably deserve to be called a good team based on what we've seen so far being five and one, even if some of the underlying metrics would, would suggest maybe more average or, or mediocre. But when you, when you, when you're five and one, I think you probably get the benefit of the doubt that you are a good team, but I don't know that there's any great teams in the NFC other than the Philadelphia Eagles who are kind of by far in a tier of their own. I, I completely agree with that based on what they've done offensively, defensively um, all that. I think, it would it would be pretty stunning to me at this point if they were if they don't end up as the number one seed in that um, in the conference. Just based on I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule and it is mm-hmm. super light. Like 
they're not going to go 17 and 0, but they could go 15 and 2 with with the start they've had, the talent they have, uh, and the schedule they have. So for me, that's the clear top team. And then the the question becomes who's in that second tier. And I, I think I'll put I'll put the Vikings in there um, with the kind of caveat and and um, like they need to play better to remain in that tier. Like they can't keep getting in dogfights with the Bears and Lions and getting outgained mm-hmm. by. 200 yards against the Dolphins and without Tua and, and, and things like that. But I do think they can play better. And I think they probably did a lot of important self-scouting over this bye week and are going to come out with with maybe some some noticeable adjustments. Um, I think the other teams that belong in that tier, I'm hesitant to put the Giants in it. I really am with just kind of watching them play. I know they're 6-1. and one. I love Brian Dable as a coach. But I'm hesitant to put them in that. I, I would put the Cowboys – and probably the 49ers. And the 49ers are three and four, but I think neutral side head to head, they're probably favored over the Giants, just especially after adding mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey now. That offense is loaded. The defense, once it gets healthy, if it gets healthy, has a lot of talent. And the same, same with the Cowboys. They just got Dak Prescott back. The defense is awesome. So to me, Vikings, Cowboys, 49ers would be the second tier. And then you'd have like the Giants and I don't even know the the Rams. Um the, the few other teams kind of a bunch of other teams in that, in that tier after that. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The first tier is, is undoubtedly just Philly alone. And I agree with you that the second tier is Dallas, San Francisco, despite being three and four and currently out of the playoffs. And, and I would put Minnesota in there. I, I think I would put New York in there. I think okay. if I'm putting Minnesota in there, I kind of have to put the Giants in there because I, I I walk away from games watching the Giants the same way I kind of walk away games watching the Vikings. Like it's like, well, maybe they shouldn't have won that game, but like they do all the right things down the stretch. So at some point in like a flat year for the NFC, like maybe we just have to accept that that team's good. But I I hear you. Like I just believe in the in the Vikings a little more because of their top end talent and yeah, and their quarterback. Honestly, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins guy. It's a fair argument, though. Like, if you're going to put the Vikings in because they're five and one and they win a bunch of close games, you probably put the Giants in because they're six and one and they win a bunch of close games. They've won nothing but close games, by the way. The Vikings at yeah. least had that one week one win over the Packers, but right. the Giants even, have even literally game- six six and zero oh in, uh, or I think maybe six and one in one possession games. Yeah, it it is because they lost to the, the Cowboys in a one possession game too. But like, you're right. Like, even the Giants, like how they won this past weekend. It was a tackle at the, the half yard line to, to win the yeah. game, but they're doing those things. So I think I would just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they're in the second tier with Minnesota, like, but like a step behind the, the Cowboys and, and the Niners in that, in that second tier. And then like the third tier is super weird for me. Cause it's like, like you said, like the rest of the NFC, which is bad, but like it's teams that like should be better, like on paper, like the Bucks, a disaster. Like, how do you like in back to back weeks losing them the way they have? Like, we talk about Aaron Rodgers getting old. Like Tom Brady may just be done. The, the you know the Packers are in that the third tier. The Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions, in that third tier. Like maybe the Rams will figure something out out of the bye the bye week, and but they look extremely clunky, and it's like. I just don't really know what to make of the NFC. The Seahawks, four and three, but like nobody. Gino Smith. Taking... Yeah. He's I, I love the line. 
he they wrote him off and he didn't write back. So it, it's uh, but you look at all these things and like it's not crazy to think. And and I I need a, I need more time with the Vikings. I think we will know more in a month about this team. Like they're five and one now. They have Arizona and Washington the next two weeks. You have to win those two games if you want to be taken seriously in the NFC. And then you have Buffalo. And there's a chance that that's a seven and one Vikings team versus a seven and one Bills team. And the Bills are probably going to win that game. But if you're the Vikings, you have to look good in that game. You cannot get blown out. And then you put you host the Dallas Cowboys. So the following week. So the Vikings right now are five and one. But if you look at the rest of the NFC, and in a month from now, if the Vikings take care of business and look respectable against the Bills and, and win the two games against the Cardinals and the Commanders and that toss-up game against the Cowboys at home, like I'm making this statement and, and I, I realize it sounds crazy, but like they could go on a run in the NFC playoffs. Like if, if, if a week from, if a month from now, the Vikings are sitting at, what would that be? Seven and two or eight and eight. It would be seven and three or eight and two. Like if, if they're either of those and looked respects respectable against the bills and either fought with the, the Cowboys till the end and lost or, or pulled out that win to improve to eight and two, like, I think you can look at them like an NFC contender, which is not something I thought you could you could have called them at the beginning of the year. I thought it was actually a little silly that they were going to try with this competitive rebuild. I thought it might have made more sense to just take a step back, but like I think we should give Quasi Adolfo Mensa credit for like looking at the the league before the year, realizing it might be flat and and saying like, Hey, let's go for it. Like we have enough talent on this team. Like it, it might be worth our while to, to kind of push right now um, with an also like a, a side eye to the future, but the NFC is, is a wreck. And, and I think the Vikings are going to kind of benefit from that the rest of the way. Yeah. I, I think they absolutely deserve credit so far for making the decision they did to kind of not go the, the, Ryan pulls bears route and, and tear things down and do the competitive rebuild. And yeah, maybe, maybe the state of the NFC factored into that a little bit. I, I doubt they imagined it would be kind of this messy, but it's worked so far. Like we, we keep saying the Vikings are five and one and we would be having a very different conversation right now. If let's say the saints don't double doink uh, and that game, they win in that game in overtime or, uh, Cam Dancer doesn't strip Amir Smith-Marset or the Lions don't have a total brain fart late in that game. Like they, they've pulled out some games that they, they could have easily lost in, in, in at least one case, that Lions game probably deserved to lose. Uh, so we'd be having different conversations. Like I came out of um, that game being like, are the, are the two and one Vikings good? Are the three and one Vikings good? Are the four and one? Like it just continues to be this, this conversation. And I think we are going to learn, a ton about this team like starting now basically because they had this time with the bye week to self-scout and look at their tendencies and look at what has gone well look at what hasn't gone well which there are there are plenty of things that haven't gone well I think Ed Donatel's defense um, and some of the the scheme stuff with kind of the the passiveness that they've shown is an issue that needs to be corrected I think they need more explosive plays on offense. Um, they just haven't had a ton of those, and it's hard to sustain 10, 11, 12 play scoring drives all the time. Like there, there are various things, and Kevin O'Connell is 
six games into his head coaching career. So like credit to them for, for winning these games while they're still learning and adjusting to new schemes. But we're going to see what kind of adjustments they make coming out of the bye. The Cardinals are an interesting challenge because they're not a good team. If you look at like DVOA and advanced metrics mm-hmm. and, and things like that, they've struggled uh, really on both sides of the ball, but they just got DeAndre Hopkins back. Um, Kyler Murray is always dangerous with his legs. They have a decent defensive line. Like that's not going to be an easy game by any means. They're going to need to play well to win that game. And then, hey, even the commanders the following week look a little bit frisky with with Heineke showing some some minor uh, case Case Keenum 2017 vibes. So, and then <laughs> and then this, that's where the schedule picks up, and you go Bills, Cowboys, Patriots in a span of 11 days. So yeah, we we are going to learn a lot okay. about this team more. I mean, much more than than we currently know. I, I still have more questions than answers when it comes to uh, these current Vikings. No doubt. And and I think that's something like we're going to learn a lot about them, but I think the Vikings as a whole, like realize, and, and this was obviously talked about during the bye week like they cannot play to the level they played for the first six weeks of the season and expect to have success in the final 11. So they're going to need to improve. I'm interested to kind of get back to TCO Performance Center tomorrow and on Wednesday and, and see kind of, you know, how the bye week went. And I am, I'm excited to see on Sunday, like how the Vikings look against, like you said, not a great Arizona team, but a team with a quarterback that is dynamic enough in Kyler Murray to kind of throw you off your game plan. That's the first step. And then, you know, you kind of keep taking steps forward after that to see how good they really are. When we come back, we'll, we'll talk just kind of about, you know, Will had a, had a pretty funny tweet yesterday, just kind of looking at the quarterbacks left on the Vikings schedule. We've talked about in the first segment how the Vikings have been really, really lucky with injury luck personally on, on their own team. They've also been really lucky with the injury luck on their opponents. Uh, more on that when we come back.